Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, March 30th. And our Boston Bruins are back in action tonight against the New Jersey Devils, looking for their first 5-on-5 goal in uh, what will be their sixth game against those Devils here this season. Uh, Quite a a feat to be chasing at this point in the season. Uh, We'll preview that game here in a moment, as well as uh, briefly discuss the new Mighty Ducks Game Changers show. Before we do that, let me remind you the podcast is widely available, so please do hit that subscribe button if you have not already. Each new episode automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated, especially if you are an Apple user. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOBostonBruins, on Instagram at LockedOnBruins, and you can find me, your host, at ENC McLaren on both platforms. Let's begin with some news from practice on Monday, uh, beginning with Tuka Rask. He did not skate on Monday, will not play against the Devils. He has appeared in only one period of hockey since suffering an upper body injury back on March 7th. Because he had a setback, In that attempted return last Thursday, the team is making sure to be cautious with their number one netminder. Yaroslav Halak and Dan Vladar are expected to split duties until Rask returns. Bruce Cassidy said both goalies were very good this weekend. That wasn't a problem. It was at the other end, of course, scoring, finishing plays where the Bruins um, lacking, especially on Sunday against the Devils. As Tuca gets into practice, they'll determine when his next game will be, probably later in the week, but until he's practicing, uh, you just don't know. Sean Corrali was back on the ice for the first time in nearly two weeks. He has been uh, off due to COVID protocols uh, since March 18th. He's missed four games. Uh, He's still in protocols, So until he's released from there, he can't really skate with the team, but he was able to do a solo skate and be in the building at the very least. Jake DeBrusque and Brad Marchand remained on the list, did not skate Monday, and would have to be cleared in order to be able to play uh, tonight. Speaking of player skating, it was a limited optional practice for the Bruins on Monday morning at Warrior Ice Arena, but Brandon Carlo and Kevin Miller were both on the ice in regular practice sweaters. Carlo has been out, of course, since March 5th with an upper body injury from that high hit, suspendable hit, by Tom Wilson. And Kevin Miller has been on the shelf since mid-February after experiencing discomfort in his surgically repaired knee. And uh, that forced him to take a bit of a step back from what had been a a pretty decent return after nearly two years off the ice. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said he'll get an update once they get off the ice and uh, they'll see who might be available for tonight's game against the Devils. Miller probably not in the mix, not being ruled out. uh, But again, with both these players 
until they have some heavy practices with the full squad, it's going to be hard to see exactly how ready they are. Carlo had that red no-contact jersey on for a few days, but the goal would be to get a couple strong practices under their belts before they are sent back to game action. Now, after practice, Zach Sinitian and Trent Frederick uh, faced the media, and I was able to ask Zach Sinitian a question. I asked, you know, with a bunch of young guys in the lineup, Bruce Cassidy uh, mentioned, you know, Zach Sinitian, uh, Jackson Nika, Carson Kuhlman, Anton Bleed, Anders Bjork. These are guys that need to learn how to score consistently at the NHL level. My thought was perhaps young guys coming in to an established veteran core group, perhaps the temptation is to defer or pass or, you know, kind of not really assert yourself as you might on an AHL team or certainly down at the OHL level. Zach Sinitian kind of brushed that off and said, uh, for him, he's coming in guns blazing. He said, a younger version of myself might be looking around and waiting for some other guys to do some stuff. But for me right now, coming in guns blazing, ready to make an impact, I think I'd only be talking myself out of a job if I started to look at other guys to do stuff. Sinitian, of course, a slow bloomer at the AHL level, but he did have five goals, four assists for nine points in 11 games before being called up to the Boston Bruins. Kevin Ball DuPont, he asked Sinitian about kind of his off-season workout routine during COVID. Sinitian said Chris Kelly, the Bruins player development coordinator, uh, longtime Ottawa senator, current Ottawa resident, that's where Sinitian is from, recommended uh, the young forward to CSI where trainers Sean Young and Derek Froats focused on building the 2015 first round picks strength and speed and one of the things that he actually did during the pandemic to boost his strength was to cut down some backyard trees at his home in Ottawa he said he chopped a lot of wood during the pandemic as a means of building his upper body strength through snow through rain through a lot of other kinds of stuff they were using anything and everything possible to get the upper edge on guys. Trent Frederick uh, said kind of the same thing. I believe he was building cabinets while on the COVID pause. Uh, so interesting ways for these younger guys to build some strength. Um, so yeah, both players looking to make more of an impact offensively. Trent Frederick had been boosted to the first line in Brad Marchand's absence. He may very well be up there again if Marchand is not cleared for tonight's game against the Devils. But Sinitian, look at him to come out guns blazing. And uh, I think he he could be uh, due for a goal here sooner than later if he gets uh, some prime ice time as he has been getting. Maybe not prime ice time, but a decent enough amount to find the back of the net. One final bit of Bruins news to pass along. Former forward Bobby Schmotz passed away on Sunday at his home in Arizona on his 76th birthday. He arrived in Boston just after the Bruins' pair of Stanley Cup championships in 1970 and 1972 and was a considerable part of the club's success through that decade. He helped the club reach three finals in 74, 77, and 78. 
in the seven seasons that he donned the spoke to be. He was part of the historic 1977-78 Boston Bruins as one of a record 11 20-goal scorers that season, uh, ranked third on the team with 27 goals. He, Bruins fans today only dream of that kind of productivity and depth up front. His best moment came during the 78 Cup Final against the Canadians when he delivered the overtime winner in Game 4 to not the series at two games apiece. He was third on the Bruins in playoff scoring that year behind Brad Park and Peter McNabb with 15 points in 15 games. Uh, very cool to learn about a former Bruin. We send our condolences to his family. And uh, again, uh, Bobby Schmatz passed away Sunday on his 76th birthday. Native of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Played for the Bruins from 73 until 1980. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Locked On Today is the place to go for all the sports news you need in less time. Locked On Today is hosted by Peter Bukowski. He'll bring you all the latest news in every major sport with help from our local experts. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. So not much has changed in the East Division Power Rankings and with the Bruins coming off that very disappointing 1-0 loss to the Devils and, uh, you know, not much optimism heading into tonight's game I mean they should win but again it's just uh not very fun right now to watch this team I thought we'd take a bit of a detour and talk about Mighty Ducks Game Changers the first episode dropped on Friday on Disney Plus and I was very much entertained by the first episode of the show I wanted to just talk about a couple of things um, right off the bat, my first impressions of the show. First of all, if you haven't seen it or are not aware what this reboot is about, uh, I'll share a little bit here from Variety Magazine, their review. They write, It didn't take long for the Mighty Ducks Game Changers to both acknowledge and gently reject its roots. Opening on a middle school hockey tryout with all the flashy pop and circumstance of a primetime NHL game, the new Disney Plus series from Steve Brill, Kathy Yespa, and Josh Goldsmith made it clear that the Ducks of 2021 are nothing like the scrappy underdogs of 1992. Almost 30 years later, the Minnesota youth team has become exactly the kind of hyper-competitive behemoth that it once stood defiantly against, i.e. the Hawks from the original movie. The kids are ruthless. The coach, even worse, coach is played by... Dylan Playfair of Letterkenny fame. You'd recognize him as Riley, one of the hockey players from that show. And the stands are full of parents dreaming of a direct line to fancy colleges and ultimately the NHL. 
Adding insult to injury, everyone seems to remember the ducks of old as something of an adorable misstep. Can you believe they used to quack? Asks one scoffing kid to another. Oblivious to the anguished off-screen screams of all the former Disney kids tuning in as adults to watch their beloved ducks take to the ice. Variety continues, watching the Mighty Ducks dominate as cruel bullies is as immediately jarring as it is ultimately, and somewhat frustratingly, a clever way to upend the franchise. Becoming the best of the best, as the team did in 1994's D2 sequel, has its price. When playing for the fun of it suddenly isn't good enough, what happens to the kids who aren't good enough to play? And that basically sets up the premise of the show. Evan played by Brady Noon. He is cut from the Ducks by Coach uh, Dylan Playfair, Coach T, as he's called in the show. And his mother, played by Lauren Graham of Gilmore Girls fame, she comes out onto the ice and kind of reams out the coach for not making it fun. He says, you know, if you're not good enough to play at this level, then don't bother. They go and create their own team to put in the league. They find a place to play, which is a very cool-looking arena called the Ice Palace. Uh, Very old-school arena with wooden paneling, uh, wood ceiling. It's run by Gordon Bombay, who is played by Emilio Estevez. He runs the rink, uh, hosts birthday parties, figure skating, but now he hates hockey, apparently. And uh, he allows the team to skate there so that he can get the city subsidy for youth hockey. And then eventually, uh, I'm sure he will at some point take over coaching the team. But at the moment, he is very much against hockey for whatever reason. Now, if you recall D3, Gordon Bombay uh, abandoned his post as Ducks coach and took a job with the Junior Goodwill Games. Later in the movie, he comes to their rescue and advocates on their behalf to have their Eden Hall scholarships reinstated. So obviously he was an experienced lawyer from the first movie, and he acts as their attorney, fights successfully for their case, and the board reinstates their um, scholarships. At the end of the movie... Gordon Bombay is present at the game between the Ducks and the senior varsity team. He and Charlie Conway lock eyes, look across the rink to the newly presented Eden Hall banner with the Ducks logo. Bombay then departs the game amid a sea of cheering fans with a smile on his face. That's the last we see of Gordon Bombay until the beginning of Game Changers. He's left the competitive world of hockey behind. He's not a lawyer anymore, to run his old friend's barely functional ice palace and apparently steal abandoned sheet cakes from kids' birthday parties. Now, it was pointed out to me on uh, Twitter that this could be a reference to Bombay now being a cake eater. If you go back to the movies, a cake eater, this is according to Urban Dictionary, refers to Adina, Minnesota, saying people in it are so rich they can have their cake and eat it too. It could also refer to white, rich suburban kids in general. And in Mighty Ducks, 
which was, of course, filmed in Minnesota, Adam Banks is often referred to as a cake eater. Again, the term is well-known throughout Minnesota, refers to people who live in Adena, a suburb of Minneapolis. A cake eater is saying a person who is so rich, they can have their cake and eat it too. So this doesn't really fit if they're trying to tie in cake eater here with Gordon Bombay. He's not rich. He's, uh, you know, running this crappy old rink. Barely scraping by, needs this sub city subsidy just to keep the place open. So it doesn't really fit that he would be called a cake eater because he's not rich. He doesn't live in this suburb of Minneapolis. Now, if cake eater is meant to refer to someone who, you know, is old, boring, doesn't like hockey, then perhaps that fits. Here, looking at the letter of the definition, Gordon Bombay isn't a cake eater, so him eating cake as a callback to the old movies doesn't uh, quite fit. Now, apparently, spoiler alert, in the first three episodes of Game Changers, Bombay resists the pull to go back to hockey uh, for longer than one would expect, keeping him largely on the fringes of the action looking on with reluctant interest. Variety states, on the one hand, it's probably just delaying the inevitable, but on the other, it gives the show a chance to become its own creature without getting too hung up on the past. And for my money, the future rests in the hands of young Nick, who is played by Maxwell Simpkins. He's got impeccable comedic timing. I recognized him from the TV show Bizarre Fark, which our middle son really enjoys. Uh, he's only 14 years old, soon to be 15. But he's a hilarious kid, and he really carried the show for me, as well as Lauren Graham, uh, who is obviously a very talented actor in her own right. Uh, so those are kind of my thoughts from the first episode. I'm very excited to see where it goes. It did have a good mix of nostalgia, as well as pushing the story forward, a lot like uh, Cobra Kai, but also a lot more family-friendly. Probably not as entertaining as Cobra Kai, to be uh, honest, but... Maybe I'm more biased towards Karate Kid as a better sports trilogy of movies than Mighty Ducks. Hot take there for you to take with you. We'll uh, be watching episode number two on Friday and excited to chat more about Game Changers as we go along. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing. Baseball begins tomorrow. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. The best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar, and right now it is Built Bar Madness. Today, you can vote at BuiltBar.com for cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, but also great for the health conscious person. Right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get... 15% off your next order by using promo code LOCKED15. 15% off with promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. 
check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy advice from Locked On Hockey expert Scott Cullen. He'll give you all the tips, insights, and analysis to win your league. Follow Locked On Fantasy Hockey on Radio.com or wherever you get podcasts. Let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. And those Buffalo Sabres just cannot help themselves. Up 3-0 in the third period against the Philadelphia Flyers on Monday. They eventually lost in overtime to extend their winless streak to 18 games. With the win, or I guess because of the collapse, the Flyers are just one point back of our Boston Bruins for fourth place in the East Division. However, the Bruins do have some games in hand here, three games in hand, so uh, they just need to make the most of those, and uh, they should be fine. Florida Panthers defenseman Aaron Ekblad will be sidelined for 12 weeks following surgery to repair a fractured lower leg suffered in a gruesome injury the other night. Losing their top defenseman is crushing news for the Panthers who were jockeying with the Lightning and Hurricanes for first place in the Central Division and it could force uh, general manager Bill Zito into the trade market for help. Finally, from Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts, he asked whether or not Tuka Rask's uncertain injury status would affect how the Bruins approach the trade deadline. And I think that's a valid question. We saw what Yaroslav Halak and Dan Vladar were able to accomplish in the postseason last year. Obviously, we can't judge Vladar too harshly because of, you know, he was thrown to the Wolves in that game against the Lightning. Uh, but Halak, he played okay, but obviously you would like to have Tuka Rask in there as the guy who was very instrumental in getting them to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. If they had won that game, he would have been the Conn Smythe Trophy winner without question. Um, so if he's going to be out, or if there's some uncertainty about his status for the rest of the season, does that change how they proceed? Possibly, but I, first of all, am not convinced that Don Sweeney is going to take any big swings. I think he'll try to add some depth, uh, but it won't be huge. And you know what? I also think they're kind of comfortable with this group, depending on everyone being healthy. We haven't had a lot of games this season where we have seen the full lineup on the ice uh, including, you know, Andre Kasha. So maybe they want to see everyone healthy until they make a determination. But um, yeah, Tugarask's status, definitely a concern heading into the back half of the season. That is it for today's episode of Locked on Boston Bruins. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in, for the support. It really does mean a lot. We're on the verge of setting a new record for monthly downloads here in March. And I really do appreciate it. There's been some downtimes with the COVID pause and uh, some lack of scoring and winning, but hopefully the Bruins can pick things up here and we can get a bit more excited about this team. I have been watching Lady in the Dale, that HBO miniseries as of late. Highly recommended. Very entertaining. Uh, crazy story, but it also touches at some uh, deeper societal issues as well, uh, which is always uh, always important. So if you have some free time, I, I do recommend that as well. 
Hope you all have a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow to recap tonight's game against the Devils as well as open up the mailbag. So if you have any questions, feel free to send those over. I've already got a couple to address, uh, but all are welcome. Take care, friends.